Thank you for joining us. Our goal at Church of the Rock is to help you know God, live free, and find purpose. To learn more about us, please check out our website at churchoftherock.ca or stay connected with our free app available for Apple and Android devices. So, of course, we we know Easter's coming, one week away, and I'm going to tell you the number one question I get asked every year around Easter, because because I've been around Church of the Rock for, for 21 years now, and they always ask me this, why are you not in the Easter play? And I get asked that every single year. And what they don't know, unless you've been around for a long time, that I actually used to be in the Easter play. And the reason I'm not in the Easter play anymore is because I despise being in the Easter play. <laughs> it was so challenging for me, so outside of my comfort zone. You know, every time I would do it, it would sometimes take me weeks to recover just because of my own, my own issues and my own stuff. And, and, and so, but at one point I, I was back in 2007. It's a long time ago. And uh, it was actually the first Easter sort of full production that we did where we had music and skit and the whole bit all in one. And I have a clip of it here if you want to see it. Does anyone want to see this? Okay, go ahead. The three amigos did everything together and even had their own theme song. I cringe. I cringe every time I see that. Every time I see that. Now, I, I don't look any different. That was, right? That's the same. And you can tell I was really singing those, those, those lyrics, right? I could, hel- I could hold that note and sing it. That was all, that was all f- fake. <laughs> Anyways. And so, you know, what happened is then I for, was forever labeled as one of the three amigos at Church of the Rock. And, and they would always, you know, I get picked on about it and bugged about it. And they always would say things like, well, you like wearing sombrero and tights. Now, for the record, there were no tights in that thing. There was a sombrero, but there were no tights. And, and, and it just, whether I liked it or not, I was stuck with this thing, and I became one of the three amigos. And, and of course, the, that is from a movie. The three amigos is from a movie in 1986, and uh, and I remember watching that movie. And I remember as I was preparing for this message, and I, I was looking up when that movie was, and I was realizing, my goodness, most of the people I minister with weren't even born yet at that time. It made me feel so old. And and it's this great movie. And and in the movie, they have a theme song that you heard us 
singing, sort of, a few minutes ago. And there's a few key lines in that theme song. And one of them is, one for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. And here's another one is, wherever they meet us, our destiny leads us. Amigos, we are always together. And they had this sense of being stuck together no matter what. And they had to learn to work together. It was just the reality of it. And it was just, and it kind of reminds me of something that Paul wrote in First Thessalonians. And, and, and it's interesting because Paul is wrapping up the letter to the to Thessalonians. And, and he does the thing that he normally does. He says, hey, greet so-and-so and, and pray for us and, and do these different things. And it's the part that a lot of times when we're reading, we skip. We skip this part of the letter because it, it's just like his, his concluding remarks and it doesn't necessarily seem that relevant to us. And, and yet there's something, there's this little hidden gem in the middle of, of this passage that I think would be really easy to miss. And it's, it's first Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. And he says this, he says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. And God will make this happen, for he, calls, for he who calls you is faithful. And Paul, of course, is making it clear that we are made up of three parts. That we are a spirit, soul, and body. That all three of these, and he's implying that for us to achieve some level of success, some level of holiness, of, of faithfulness, of, of all these things, that somehow these three parts are going to have to work together. There has to be a unity. There has to be this unison of these things. And, and the challenge is, of course, is oftentimes we're confused by how these parts function, how they interact together, what they even are. And, and, and my goal today is to try to bring some clarity to that and try to help us to understand uh, how this all works and, and how they work together. And, and, and I think because, because we don't fully understand how it works is, is actually part of the reason we struggle to actually make it work. And I want to talk to you about a little bit about my snowblower that I, I have at my house. And, and a few weeks ago, I was, I was dealing with it because it wasn't, it wasn't doing a very good job. And what I realized is uh, I watched somebody else using their snowblower and it just like went right through the snow, no problem in mine. I, I I had to keep, it's kept stalling every like three steps and it, and it was so much more work to use than it's supposed to be. It felt like I was doing the work instead of the snowblower was doing the work. And, but here's, here's my challenge. I'm a nerd and I don't actually know anything about engines or things like that. I know about computers. If you were to bring all the computer parts and put them on, a, on the floor in front of me, I could put it together. I wouldn't need a manual. Be no, it, would, it wouldn't even be challenging for me. But you give me an engine and I actually don't know what, what I'm doing. So I did what a nerd would do. I went to YouTube, and I watched videos, and I got to understand how two-stroke and a four-stroke engine works, and how a carburetor works, and all these things, and, and as I started to figure it out, I, I was able to narrow down the problem and figure out what was causing it and why it was not working as efficiently as it's supposed to work, because I understood how it worked. And I think the same thing is true for us, if we can understand how these things and how the, our spirit, soul, and body work together then we will actually be way more efficient, way more effective, and not take nearly the energy that's that, that sometimes is required because we don't, we don't understand how it works together. And, and, and they work all in sync together. So part of the challenge is we have a hard time envisioning what these three parts look like. And so, so I have this little guy here on the screen, and this is, this is us. And, and in actuality, we are, we are three parts. We are, we are spirit, we are soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and we'll come back to that, and we are a body. And, and these three parts make up each and every one of us. And, and, and like I said, we're going to talk about soul in, in a few moments, and, and 
describe that. But I want to, just to help us to get some context, I want to actually describe the spirit and the body for a moment first. And, and actually help you to see, I think there's some similarities between how they, how they function and how they, and how they operate. And, and I understand that they, they are different. I'm not saying that they're the same. But there is something about body and spirit that I think is, is sort of similar. And, and this is, it's that, that neither the body or the spirit, I don't personally believe, are, are good or evil. I don't, I don't think, they, they're more like a machine. They're more like a container that, that holds something. And, and if you were to look at your body, for example, uh, it, it's not, it doesn't have a mind, will, and emotions. It doesn't have thoughts, and it doesn't have process. It doesn't have these you know, decisions that it's making. It is in response. And, and I'll give you an example. If I were to ask you this question, who can tell me what hangry means? Anyone, shout it out. What hangry, what's hangry mean? You're angry and hungry, right? That's exactly what hangry means. And, and what that is saying is your body is hungry, right? Your body is requiring fuel. It, it, it's hungry. And so it is influencing our soul. And it is saying, hey, I'm hungry. And it is annoying the soul to the point that the soul, our mind, will, and emotions, starts to get angry. And it's like if you were to, if you were to go on this long flight, and uh, let's say you're on this long flight. It's like a three or four hour flight. And, and you get on the flight and you see this little child sitting behind you. And you love children. And you see this little child and you look and you think, wow, this child's adorable and cute. And, and what, a, what a beautiful young child. And, and, and you get in the seat and for the next three hours, that child is banging on your seat for the whole three hours. Now, that child just influenced your mind, will, and emotions. And at that moment, you stopped liking that child. In fact, you thought he was like a devil child. And you felt like the children should not be allowed on planes anymore. And all these different things. Because what happened is, in that moment, it influenced your soul. And I think our body and our spirit, they don't actually have this mind, will, and emotions thing. I think what they do is they influence our soul. And they, and they exert influence on it as, as we go about our, our things. And whether we're like it or not, we're stuck with this. You know, we have to learn to, to make these things work together. And it's just, it's just the reality of it. And several months after, several months after that Easter production where, where I, I did the Three Amigo and I kind of swore I would never do that again, I was so done. Uh, Derek came up to me and uh, he said that we're doing this leader's appreciation dinner. And what we wanted, they want to, they want, they're asking for the three amigos to come back. And I was like, yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> I'm out. And uh, he kept insisting. And he says, listen, they, we're going to serenade them. And you're going to grab your guitar. And you're going to play the guitar. And you're going to walk around amongst the tables. And all three of us will walk together. And we will do this thing together. And I said, yeah, that's, that's, I'm so not doing that. And, and so Derek kept pushing and pushing. And, and here's the thing. I'd only known Derek for a few years. If I had known him the way I know now, there's not a chance I would have ever done it because I know him a lot better. But at the time, I'd only known him a little bit. And so then he made me this promise. He said, okay, Dwayne, here's the deal. If you do this thing, you won't have to say a word. You can just stand up and play the guitar and walk around, and that's it. You don't have to say a word. I'll do all the talking, and I'll do the singing, and you just have to, just have to be silent. And I reluctantly agreed, and I said, okay, fine, that, then I can, I can live with that. And so we get up for the leader's uh, appreciation dinner, and we get up on stage, and literally the first words out of Derek's mouth was, hey, Dwayne, what do you want to say to all the leaders today? <laughs> 
I was so mad at him. I literally punched him right there, right, full out punched him right in front of everybody. And the leaders all started laughing because they thought we were doing this for fun. They thought that we were, <laughs> they thought this was part of the act. And, and, and I was so mad at him. And then we went and we walked around and I'm playing the guitar and it was like the worst performance I've ever done in my entire life because I was miserable. I had such a bad attitude and they all laughed even more because they thought that was part of the act and they just thought and, and the reality is whether we like it or not, we were stuck together. I am stuck with that man over there <laughs> for 20 years now. It's been too long and, uh, and, and, you know, and the same is true for us with the spirit, soul and body. We are stuck together. We, we can like it or not, but it's just, it's just the reality. And so what I want to do is I want to break down each of these parts individually and, and talk about them one at a time. And, and so the first thing that we're going we're gonna to look at today is, is the spirit. And, and the reason it's first is because, because I believe that everything else is within the spirit. And oftentimes we think it's the other way around. We think, well, okay, because our, bo- our body is the container and our, our spirit and our soul are within our, our body. The problem is, is that our body dies someday and, and it's no longer there. And I think it's the other way around. And, and so when I envision this, and I don't actually know what this looks like. I'm, I'm just, I have my own you know, picture in my head that helps me to visualize it. And so in my head, my spirit is like just encompasses everything. That's the way it looks like to me. It's just bigger than, than everything else. And I don't know if that's what it actually looks like, but that's, that's what it is for me. And, and so for me, the spirit is the container that has both the soul and, and, and the body in it. And it's eternal. Our spirit and our soul are both eternal. Our body is not eternal. And, and I want to read this passage, Ecclesiastes 12, 6 to 7. It says, yes, remember your creator, now while you are young, before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. He's talking about dying here. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken as well. Once again, still talking about dying. For then the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God who gave it. And so we are, we are a spirit being, but we, we barely understand what that, what that even means. We don't understand, we don't, we look, we have a spirit realm that we all live in, but we don't see it. We don't know it. We don't touch it. And so it, it, it sort of mystifies us a little bit and, and we don't understand how, how it all works. But the reality is that what happens in our spirit actually influences our soul. And I'm going to show you that in a moment. And one of the things that Jesus talked a lot about in, in the New Testament was, of course, he talked about being reborn. And, and he talked about how you need to be reborn. And, and, and you know, people didn't understand that at the time. And we, we go, well, we understand that because, you know, we're Christians and we've been brought up in it. But if you try to think outside of, you know, what the, the history that you know in this concept of, of being reborn, it doesn't actually make a lot of sense. And, and Nic- Nicodemus, in John chapter 3, he, he actually says the, the thoughts that I think we would, all, we would all ask if Jesus said that to us. He says, how, how, can, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And, and the truth is that, how can that happen? What do you mean we have to be reborn? It doesn't make any sense. And Jesus responded to that in John chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. And he said, humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. And although I don't, still don't understand how it all works, I believe that when we become a Christian, our spirit 
is, re- is regenerated. It's reborn. It becomes, it becomes new. And, and there is something about that process where God re- recreates it or re- re-energizes it or, or something along that line. And, and when Adam and Eve fell in the garden all, you know, all those thousands of years ago, a few, thing, a few things happened at that point. And one of them was but that, that their spirit actually became broken. Their spirit died and it needed, it needed to be reborn. It became separated from God. And they also inherited the sin nature that we, we're all, we all have in each and every one of us. And, and these two things happened. And in, in Galatians 5, 16 and 17, Paul says this. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't, you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature desire, wants to do evil, which is the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. And what Paul is describing here is the influence that our, that our spirit can have on our soul. And so what, what, when I look at this, this illustration and what I imagine is when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit, he, he, he fixes this. He, he, it's reborn, it's regenerated, and it is exerting influence on our soul, but our soul has the sinful nature. And we have this battle that's going on over and over and over again that we're fighting. And when we start to understand this, and we start to understand this concept, it actually makes a whole bunch of other scripture make sense. We, we look at the fruit of the Spirit as an example, and we go, okay, I get this now. So when I have the Holy Spirit living in my spirit, when I'm a Christian, he's now changed me, he's reborn, and the Holy Spirit is living here, then his, his, the fruit of, of the Spirit is influencing my soul, it's influencing my mind, my will, and my emotions. And so, because he is loving, he is helping me to become loving. Because he's got joy, he's helping me to have joy. And, and all the different fruit of the Spirit, because he's influencing us. Or we, or we look at the passage that talks about the armor of God, and once again, we, we, you know, we see this passage, and it talks about putting the armor of God on, and, and we know we don't physically do that. We don't physically put armor on. None of us have physical armor on, but yet we can put armor on on our spirit. And what happens is when we have the Holy Spirit working in our lives, then the armor gets on and, and it's, it's the only way to have any protection against the attacks of the enemy. There is a spiritual realm. There is things that are happening all around us that, that we don't see, we don't understand. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, if, you're, if someone is not a Christian, they have no recourse, no ability to have any kind of protection from what the enemy would want to, to do in, the, in their lives. But as a Christian, we actually have the armor of God on us as a, as a spirit. But there is a sense, when you look at both of these passages, the fruit of the spirit, the armor of God, there is a sense about it that we have some responsibility that it's not like it just happens automatically. Like the, that there is a way, there is a, 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 a greater level of influence that we can have in, in our lives and a greater level of protection that we can have. And it has to do with how, how close we draw to God and how much we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. And the more we allow the Holy Spirit to influence our spirit, then the greater influence the Holy Spirit has on our soul, on our mind, our will, and emotions. And so, in other words, the closer we get to God, the more, more of his influence. And that's why Paul says in Ephesians 5.18, he says that we should, we should desire to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Because it's not this, like, once, once you know, filled with the Holy Spirit once, I become a Christian, now I'm good, and I don't have to worry about anything anymore. It's like, no, I need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, continually influenced by him 
And let his Holy Spirit influence my spirit so that it can influence my soul and, and it can have a greater impact on my mind, my will, and emotions. And see, when God, inc- when God created us, his intention was for our spirit to always be connected to his spirit. That was his intention. That was the way he intended things from the beginning. And, and when, we, when we don't have that, we, there's a part of us that's broken. Our spirit is broken. Our spirit is, is missing something. That, and it's susceptible to damage and, and destruction, but the more connected we are to the Holy Spirit, the more healthy it is, and the more it becomes a positive influence on our soul. And our, our spirit, soul, and body, they're meant to work together, and, and it's only when they work together that things are go, uh, go according to plan. And so I'm going to show you one more video clip from the three amigos of, of demonstrating the spirit, soul, and body working together. So go ahead and play this clip. That's enough. enough. (laughs) Uh, Makes me cringe every time. All right. So we start with the spirit because that's that's the container that that has everything else. Now let's look at the soul. And this one's a bit easier to understand. It's still not as tangible as the body. The body is is the easy one. But the soul is our our mind, our will, and our emotions. Basically our personality. The things, it's the decision making and all those kinds of things. And and, and this is where our, our sin nature resides. And although our spirit is regenerated when we get saved... Uh, our soul is, is still the same. And I want to read two passages here to you. Matthew fifteen nineteen says, For the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. In Romans 12, 2, Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Say changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And so what, what we see in this passage is we're saying that the Holy Spirit will influence our soul, our mind, our will, and emotions. And, 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 and although both our spirit and our body influence our soul, this is where the actual decisions are made, including the decision to have a healthy spirit and a healthy body. And when you think about it for a moment, uh, this, whole, this is where everything rests uh, in our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. And we can make a choice to say, okay, I want to have a healthy spirit and I want to have a healthy body. And when we do that, they become healthy and then they exert a positive influence on our soul. But the opposite, of course, is also true. And if we don't make a choice, if we, if we allow our, our spirit and our body to, have, to be unhealthy, then they exert a negative influence on our soul. And it, it's this circular thing that, that happens over and over again. And in the natural state, I would love to say it's not, but the natural state of our soul without influence from, from the, the Spirit of God is actually unhealthy. That is the natural, that's the natural state. We, are, we tend to be focused on ourselves and our wants and our desires and, and the things that, that you know, interest us. And, and, and it's the influence of these other things that actually help to bring us to, to the right place. Because we can have healthy emotions. We, that, that's a good thing. But we can also have unhealthy emotions. And we can have healthy thought processes, but we can have unhealthy thought processes. And, and these all reside within our soul. And I, uh, let me give you an example. I think the easiest one just to, to talk about is, is forgiveness. 
Because if you were to ask anybody, Christian or, or unchristian, uh, anyone who, who studies these things understands that when we carry unforgiveness in our heart, it is, it's like poison to, to us. It's just the reality of it. When we carry, we have bitterness in these different things. And, and, and so when we have unforgiveness in our heart, it, it's a problem. And it doesn't create healthy thought processes. And so everyone would agree that, that we need to do that, to, to deal with that and, and find forgiveness for these things. But that's so hard to do on our own because we like feeling the, 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 some of those feelings and we, we, we want to be upset with people and, and it's the actual the influence of the Holy Spirit that comes and says, no, there's a better way and the Holy Spirit comes and he will teach us and help us to go in a better way. And so just like we can train our spirit to be healthy by drawing closer to God, we can actually train our mind to be healthy by learning and, and by responding properly. And, and you know, there's lots of ways where we do that, where you, you, you know, have people around you that, that support you, that speak into your life, that, you know, studying scripture, studying other things. Uh, there's so many ways that we can train our mind and, and, and try to, to remedy some of these sometimes unhealthy ways of thinking, and here's what I think is is maybe most the most incredible is that if if in our soul we choose to have a healthy spirit, then that healthy spirit will intend in in turn help us to have a healthy soul. And earlier I, I talked about I talked about how how much I despised being a part of that those Easter things and doing any of those kind of production things because they they were really challenging for me. They stretched they were stretching for me. It was so outside of my comfort zone. And, and as I, you know, several years ago, I started to think on some of those thoughts and think on some of those things, and I realized that a big part of the reason that I struggled with it so much was because of my own insecurity. And, and, and I had this desire to, to be impressive and do these different things, and, and it is probably rooted in my perfectionist nature a little bit. I like everything lined up in, in a row. I, I've, been at, uh, I've been at the Niverville campus for the last year, and, and one of the things that I almost always do is I'm like making sure every chair is lined up in a row because it's just a bit, of, it's a bit of my nature and how I like everything. And, and, and so I, I recognized that a big part of this reason why I was feeling all these emotions and these different things about the production was, was because of some of my insecurities. And I, and I decided that I actually didn't want to live that way anymore. I didn't want to live with these kinds of unhealthy thoughts. And, and, and so I began a journey to, to change that. And it didn't happen overnight. And I'm still not done. I'm a work in progress. But I, I just have been working on it and trying to say, okay, I don't want to have these, these insecurities. And my security is in the Lord. It's not in, in what people think or it's not in who I am, in what I can accomplish in any those things. And so as I've been working on this, I feel like I'm, I'm getting better to the point where I can actually play those clips right now. And I still cringe when I watch them, but there is not a chance in this world 10 years ago I would have ever played a clip like that and been here. I would have been running, screaming from the building because, because it, I, of, of the things that I was dealing with in my own heart. And we can absolutely, we can absolutely train our mind to become healthier and healthier. And, and, and we usually think of this as training our brain. That's usually what we think, because in our minds, you know, our soul is sort of all resides in our brain. And I don't actually think that's the case, because someday our, our, our body is going to die and our brain dies too. And so then where does it go anymore? So I personally think that our soul resides in our, in our spirit. But we think of this as the brain and, you know, that everything resides in the, in the brain. Now, now, speaking of brains, what happens when your brain sees a friend walking across the street? It gives a brain wave. Oh, come on. Come on. I'm waiting for the groan. All right. Why didn't the brain want, why did the brain refuse to have a bath? 
because he didn't want to be brainwashed. Somebody, somebody got that. <laughs> what did the doctor say to the man with an elephant sitting on his head? You got a lot on your mind. Oh, wow, you got some smart people here. You got a lot on your mind. All right, I'm going to move on. And so... <laughs> We start with the spirit because that's the container that has everything else in it. Then there's the soul, which is our mind, our will, and emotions. And the last thing is our body. And this one's the easiest part to understand, and I'm going to spend the least amount of time on it because we, we, all, we all understand this part. We understand the body. We know we can have a healthy body or an unhealthy body. There's been lots and lots of, of discussions and talk about that for, for generations, and, and so we understand that. In, in, in uh, 3 John uh, chapter, verse 2, it says this. It says, Dear friends... I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. And, and so we know that the state of our body has an impact on our soul, on our mind, our will, and emotions. We've, we've talked about that. And, and so when our body is overtired, our emotions don't always work as well. It's just the reality of it. We, you know, we've all been there when we have reacted and, and allowed our emotions because we were overtired and we've said things or done things that we wish we hadn't done. And that's, that's our body being overtired, influencing our soul and us making sometimes bad choices because, because of what the state of our body or when we've even been eating right. We can, we can feel the, the fatigue in our, in our brain and, and, and you know, it, it, it can make things harder to process some of the things that we're trying to process. And, and so when our our body is unhealthy, it affects, it affects our soul. And when we come back to the, this reality that our spirit, soul, and body, that being connected is this huge thing, we understand that you know, if we address our health in our body, then it's actually going to help in our soul to do things in a way that we would want to do. And so I want to close by talking about, about one last thing, and I want to talk about mental illness for a moment. And when we look at the world around us right now, we see this as a huge, huge epidemic. It's, you know, it's, it's everywhere we look. I did a little bit of the research that I saw said that one in five Canadians experience mental illness every year. One in five Canadians every year. And that young people ages 15 to 24 are the most likely to experience it. And, and that mental illness and substance use disorders are the leading cause of disabilities in Canada. And, and so we look at this and we, and we recognize this huge, huge need in our country right now and it, it becomes so debilitating right this you know it, it, when people are dealing with mental illness they are so desperate to know what to what to do and how to help and how do I overcome this and, and probably many if not all of us have have dealt with this at different levels at, at different times and and the the challenge is of course that there's no quick fixes but I can tell you one thing for sure that, that when we look at this as a whole spirit, soul, and body thing, we are going to be a way, have a way better chance of succeeding in finding, finding health in dealing with these things. And I understand that there are some circumstances that sometimes there is a, a specific problem and it's really only related to one area. Like maybe there's a, a chemical imbalance or something like that and, and some pills are going to help to, to resolve that. And I understand that that can happen. But most of the time... I think the reality is that mental illness is related to, to all three of these areas. It's, it, there's, there is unhealth in our spirit, unhealth in our soul, unhealth in our body, and all three of them together are, are a part of this problem. And we actually need to, if we are going to find solution, if we are going to find resolution to those things, we actually have to look at this in a holistic view and try to understand how are we going to find health in all three of these areas. 
And so that means, of course, yes, you need to work in, in your body, and that might, mean, that might mean getting more sleep and eating and vitamins and, and medications, and the list goes on and on and on. That's, you know, that's, that's the body part of it, but you also need to, to work on your mind and, and train it and, and, and help it to choose to address the, the areas of uh, uh, unhealth in your way of thinking, in the process, and the way you do things. And, and we can do that lots of different ways. We can, we can get help from other people. We can process things with our friends and our families. We can, we can talk to pastors. We can talk to counselors. There's lots of ways where we can deal with some of these, this, this unhealthy way of thinking that we, all, that we all deal with. But we also have to remember that we have an enemy that is doing his best to keep us unhealthy. And we have no ability to defend against, against the enemy unless we work on God's Holy and allow God's Holy Spirit to work in our spirit and to become more and more of an influence in our lives. And 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 I understand that what happens is when we when we think about this is that sometimes it feels like well that's that's too challenging. It's uh, you're giving me three different things I have to work on, and I I can only work on one thing at a time. And I actually think that's a fair statement. I think it's a fair statement. And I'll tell you what I've done is I've, you know, in my journey in these different things is I don't try to fix all three at once. I, I look at my life and I go, okay, what feels the most unhealthy at the moment? I'm going to choose that one and I'm going to work on that one. And, and so you, what I would encourage each of and every one of us to do is to look at our spirit, soul, and body and, and examine your life and go, okay, which one of these areas in my life right now is, has the least health? And, and we make a choice to say, I am going to endeavor to make that become more healthy. Because our spirit, our soul, and our body work together whether we, whether we like it or not. We, they, they are the three amigos, and they are stuck together. And the way we are going to become healthier and healthier is by working in all three of these areas of our lives one step at a time. Let's stand together. just want to take a moment, and I'm assuming that there's some people here in the room where you actually don't have a healthy spirit right now because you don't have a relationship with, with God. And, and that means that you're susceptible to the attacks of the enemy. You have no ability to defend against the things in the spirit realm that are, that are happening all around us. But God actually wants to change that, even, even today, even at this very moment. And, and so what I'm going to ask everyone to do is to bow your head and close your eyes and with no one looking around. And if there's somebody here in the room and you want to make a decision to accept Jesus into your life, I'm just going to ask you to slip up your hand, and once I see it, you can put it down again. Anyway, today where you'd say, you know what, I need to make this right today. Today is my day. Thanks, I see, I see that hand in the middle. I see it in the back. Anybody else where you are going, you know what, today is my day. I, am, I, need, to, I need to fight this battle. All right, what we're going to do is we're just going to say a prayer together, and it's a prayer inviting Jesus into our lives. And so I'm just going to get everyone to repeat this prayer with me. Lord Jesus. I come to you, and I, I know I'm a sinner, and I need you. I thank you for the cross. I thank you that you died for my sins. And today I ask you to forgive my sins, to come into my life. Today I'm a Christian. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Thanks for joining us. We want to help you know God, live free, and find purpose. To find resources to grow in your relationship with Christ, go to churchoftherock.ca slash next. You can also join us at one of our campuses, including our interactive online campus at churchoftherock.live. For locations, service times, or to support the ministry of Church of the Rock, please go to churchoftherock.ca or download the Church of the Rock app. 